to this week's episode of The Master Pods. This is a short podcast series that gives master students a chance to talk about their research. My name is Laura, and today we have Maria on our podcast to talk about fiber-to-fiber recycling of textiles. Hi, Maria. How are you doing? Hello, Laura. I'm good. I'm so excited to be here because I'm a big fan of The Master Pods. That is great. <laughs> we love having you on, on our show. Um, before we get to know you a little bit better, maybe you can give us a short summary of what you researched during your thesis. So to understand my research, I think it's important to understand what is fiber-to-fiber textile recycling. This is basically a new uh, recycling technique that creates new thread out of old thread, old textile waste, basically. But it requires a specific uh, characteristic. Uh, for example, if you want to create um, cotton thread, you need to recycle high-quality uh, cotton waste. Uh, and this is a problem because nowadays uh, textile waste is really mixed. Uh, if you have 100 kilos of textile waste, it's normally a mix of polyester, cotton, wool, and so. And uh, this difficult, the fiber-to-fiber textile. So to enable this type of recycling, you need to pre-sort the textile waste in advance. And you need to pre-sort according to uh, fiber. This is not commonly done, and if it's done, it's done uh, manually. But now there is a new factory in the south of Sweden, in Malmo, the Siktet factory, that is able to sort mechanically this uh, textile waste in different factories. And that was my, I made my research for this factory. Okay, great. So before we dive into your thesis more deeply, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions so our listeners can get a better gist of who you are. Are you ready? Yes. Where do you call home? Eh, La Garrovilla in Spain. What is your educational background? My bachelor was journalism, but then I studied sustainable development in Uppsala. What is your primary focus in sustainable development? Actually, it's a mix of economic and environmental, I will say, because I'm really interested in waste management. What was your best way to deal with a thesis breakdown? I think it's just a classic, really loud music and dance in front of the mirror. That's very helpful. (laughs) What is your piece of advice for future master thesis writers? Uh, I will tell them that they will reach a point where you will uh, wonder if your study is useful or if you are doing something good or that you are going to question your whole research. And I will say that just keep going because you are just in a phase like everyone goes through. And at the end, you realize that, yeah, that's worth it. And you are doing something useful. Uh, the question is just a phase that it happened to be almost in the very end. Yeah. A friend of mine told me the other day that there is a statistic that most of the people um, stop during, stop going to or stop finishing their degree during their thesis writing process. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> glad that we made it. Yeah, so glad. Do you have a favorite sustainability tool? And if yes, what is it? 
Um, I really like podcasts, and I have my favorite podcast after the Master Pods, of course, <laughs> is Waste 360. That is, um, it's about waste, basically. Uh, but also like my sustainability bubble, uh, as I want to call, like friends and environment um, full of sustainability tip and conversation around. I love podcasts, so I'm definitely going to take a look at yours or a listen to, <laughs> to the one you recommended. And last but not least, do you have a sustainability tip? Yes. I will say to everyone that before you are going to buy something, ask yourself, do I really need this? And that's all. And that's all. <laughs> and that's very important. Yeah, because sometimes you realize that you don't need it and you don't uh, buy yeah. it. And it's a, like a silly question, but this really works for me, at least. No, absolutely. And that's a question everybody should ask themselves when they go shopping. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's go back to your research. And I'll start with the basic question that we always ask. What is the main prob problem that you're solving with your research and how are you solving it? So it's not really a problem, but I'm trying to gather more information about textile waste. Because um, this factory, the Sigtex, um, has partnership with different European actors that will deliver the textile waste. Uh, but those actors are really different, are from uh, charities to uh, companies that sort textile waste in different categories, um, and so. And they really don't know uh, the, the characteristic and the detail of this textile waste. So they were planning to, to have a, a huge inbound of material, but they really don't know what. So I try to analyze in detail all these textile waste to, uh, to find out more about the characteristics and to know if they are suitable or not for the Sigtex uh, machine. Because actually not all the textile is suitable for this machine. For example, uh, really small pieces like baby clothes are not detected by the machine or like beddings or really big items like beddings, curtains or double cell garments like coats, they are mm -hmm. not also accepted. So I look into details to all these garments, like almost two tons of uh, textile waste. And how did you do that? Just by hand and then writing it down? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, I have a little scanner that helped mm -hmm. me to assess what type of uh, fiber was it. So as uh, I have a garment, I scan it and the scanner say if it's cotton, um, wool or polyester or so. And then according with the fiber, I put it in a place or another. And when I finish to analyze all the, the, the textile waste, I measure with a scale. And how then, long did it take you to figure out how or what kind of fiber it is? Um, do you mean like the whole process or like... Uh, like the, the looking at it and weighing it. It must have been taken so much time to analyze it manually, right? Yeah, yeah. And also because I have problems, at the end, the, the, the scanner was not performing as we thought. 
So I have to do that by hand, basically mm-hmm. reading the tag of the garments. Okay. And I was like almost three, four weeks doing that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then uh, what were your findings? Well, um, I found that of all the materials that I analyzed, only uh, 52% were suitable for textile for fiber to fiber recycling textile mm-hmm. because as I said uh, you really need high uh, concentration of fiber in the textile mm-hmm. waste and the the rest 48% of the garments that I analyzed were not suitable for uh, fiber to fiber textile or not suitable for uh, the Ziptex machine that mm-hmm. means that they were like uh, big items like bedding or uh, coats, but also bags, carpets, uh, and random stuff as lighters, papers, and medicine. I found Mm -hmm. really random stuff in the textile waste. What is your your takeaway from that? Um, Does that mean that clothes manufacturers should look more that everything is made out of the same fiber or that the new, I don't know, machine should be invented? Can you, can yeah. you elaborate on that? Uh, so definitely uh, um, fiber makes garments complicate a lot the recycling process. For example, I found a lot of garments that have five different fibers. This is, you cannot do anything with fiber to fiber textile and maybe you can use like um, um, to clean your your kitchen but you cannot um, have a high quality recycling so it shows that the the manufacturer like the yeah the, the, when you are manufacturer clothes you should keep in mind the recycling process and you should right. try to use uh, just one fiber or at least like high concentration of this fiber because for example nowadays um, cotton fiber to fiber recycling recyclers they are demanding uh, cotton waste that it has a concentration from 95 to 100 percent concentration of cotton and that's really rare and also it shows that a lot of uh, a lot of garments almost the half that I analyzed they are not suitable for fiber to fiber textile. And at the moment, the, the, the factory didn't have plans for those garments that can be reused for another type of recycling as mechanical or chemical recycling. But mm-hmm. if they don't find uh, anyone, any company that wants to buy those, 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 um, these waste, it might end up in incineration. Mm-hmm. Okay. You mentioned that uh, the scanner wasn't working um, at some point. Did you encounter any other challenges in your research? Uh, yeah, actually, I think the same problem challenge as everyone else, Corona. Uh, because I was planning to go to visit the different actors factories mm-hmm. uh, to make the analysis there and to interview the people there. But the problem is like the factories were located in Denmark and okay. in uh, Switzerland and mm. in Germany. And of mm. course, with uh, Corona, I couldn't travel. 
And the solution was that all these companies has to send all the materials to Malmo, where I was doing my research. And that was challenging during Corona times. And it delayed the process like two months. And I was planning to um, to analyze five different actors. And at the end, I could just analyze three. Um, yeah, but the, regarding the, the scanner, as was, um, we got this scanner for another company in Finland that is working with the same thing, uh, sorting, um, uh, sorting textile according to fiber. And the scanner is still in the pilot project. Mm-hmm. So with my research, I was also aimed to help them how this, this scanner perform and mm-hmm. give more details. And the thing is, like, we have some ideas about how the scanner was, will perform, but at the end, it was not as we thought. Your, your research sounds very hands-on and practical, though. It seems like a lot of people will, will um, it will be useful for a lot of people. Yeah, actually, I um, don't consider myself an academic person. Mm-hmm. So I was so happy with this research because it's, um, you have to, I have to research the background and so, of course, but it was most like hands-on. Like here you have a pile of textile waste that you have to analyze. And I yeah. was in the factory talking with the people that is uh, building the, the machine and also the factory workers. So I was in place and that make way yeah. more interesting. It was not just being your computer. That is not for me. No, I can imagine. How how did you get interested in this topic in the first place? <laughs> well, I'm oddly fascinated about waste. <laughs> yeah, um, I can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> and I also really interested in, in the textile industry, basically for the huge environmental impact that it has. Mm-hmm. And my thesis ideas was different. It was related with waste prevention. Uh, but when I was talking with my supervisor, um, he told me about this project because uh, I made my um, my thesis for the um, environmental institutes in Stockholm and they were okay. having this ZipText project and mm-hmm. he told me so we have this project related with textile waste would you like to work in that? And I say are you kidding? This is like my dream yes <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah actually I, I feel like I was so lucky with that because even though it was not my choice, but I think mm. it was made for me. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I'm so happy it worked out for you that way. Yeah, yeah, I'm so happy too. Thank you. Are you going to apply this research to the real world and continue working with it? So, uh, yeah, actually, I made this, um, uh, this report, my thesis for the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company finance my research so I basically made it for them and they are mm-hmm. using my result to optimize the the, um, um, the inbound of the materials because for example I analyze uh, um, textile waste from charities or from uh, the other uh, sorting companies and they, mm-hmm. they they know now what kind of waste is more desirable for, for the deep text. And yeah, I send them my <laughs> my report. 
So uh, I hope that they are applying and at least they have like a broader picture of what are they buying. And yeah. uh, I didn't hear back from them though. Maybe you need to send them the link to this podcast. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> well, thank you for telling us um, about your research. I always love having, well, actually, everybody who has come on the podcast has been so excited about their research and what they found out. And I always think it's so nice to hear how invested you get after researching for four months. Um, so I'm happy that you still seem to love waste. Yeah, yeah. And I would like to keep working on that. But I, I after find, trying to find a job for several months, I see that it's more difficult uh, as I felt. Yeah, but just think about it. It's not you. It's the, it's the surroundings. <laughs> Thank you, Laura. Thank you. <laughs> That's always a good reminder. Um, the last more academic, well, question I have is how would you describe the future of sustainable development? Um, I listen to what my, the, the others, uh, people in the podcast answer. Um, I have to be positive. Um, I mean, Almost everyone is negative, but I'm, I'm a really <laughs> positive person. And I was talking with a friend about that, and there is not like much, much action going on uh, at the moment, walking towards sustainable development or a more sustainable future. But I think that there is a lot of talking, and the conversation of sustainability is becoming more and more popular in governments, in companies, and all the stakeholders. Uh, so I think they are creating uh, like a lot of knowledge and preparing for future actions. And I hope that this action that will come in the future are towards our more sustainable future. I like that. That's a very uplifting ending <laughs> to this conversation. I also hope that it's not just going to be talk, but really making use of all the people who know about sustainability, about the you know, young students and um, graduates like us and that, that we can change something. Yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal. So before we leave, I just wanted to know if you have a favorite memory or a most valuable skill you feel you learned during your Master of Sustainable Development. I think uh, the most valuable skill that I... I learned during the, the master program was um, critical thinking. Mm -hmm. Actually, uh, it was not common in my previous education. Mm -hmm. And I think it's silly because now it's like a basic, right? Like everyone will have like critical thinking, all the studies will involve critical yeah. thinking because it's, yeah, that's what moves you forward or creates like a good quality knowledge for yourself. And, and it does was like a basic in our master program. And I, I take that as my, the best skill I learned. And of course, um, also the environment and that we enjoy this melting pot of culture, nationalities, identities, people that is was just so enriching to be surrounded by. And that was also very uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> going to be nice to hear. That's it for this episode. Um, thank you for joining us on the Masterpods, Maria. My pleasure. I wish you the best of luck in the future. I know that, uh, you know, the times right now are not that great, but I think with your love for waste, 
um, you'll make your path in this world. Yeah, there is always ways. There is, exactly, there is always ways. <laughs> so you, we will all be fine. Um, so thanks for joining and uh, bye everyone. Bye-bye. This podcast was produced by Laura Messner, Richard Gradin, and Olivier Hostang. This episode was hosted and edited by Laura Messner. We would like to thank today's guest, Maria Marin, for sharing her research with us. A final thank goes to Jacob Rosin for providing us with the funky music. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We'll be posting new episodes every Wednesday. If you want to talk about your research or know someone who you think should present theirs, please feel free to shoot us a message. We'll see you next week. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.